Hello and welcome to the Ampark Rolls podcast. This is episode 60 and my name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Uh, this week I've been joined by Jonathan Lowe to uh, talk about yet another Reading capitulation late on in a game. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, good evening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how are you feeling just sat there, Jonathan? You're kind of braced and ready and waiting for that moment or was there a little bit of hope? Uh, I guess there was a there was a small bit of hope in me, but uh, thinking that that could be the, the little bit of a turning point for Reading. Um, but unfortunately, it's uh, we've seen it so many times, not just this season, last season as well. Um, they haven't managed to hold on to a lead, and um, I guess just the, the manner of the goal as well is pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, cross into the box, header into the net, and um, I mean, I guess the only positive out of it is that it wasn't a, a losing goal, but. Uh, I mean, certainly it did feel like a defeat and um, I think, you know, it was a real chance to get one over their relegation rivals, but uh, they, they spurned it and we're kind of uh, back to square one, really. And um, I don't think a draw does either side any good in, in the grand scheme of things either. No, not really. I mean, obviously, technically, it moves is one point nearer to Rotherham. But wow, the psychological boost of getting that win and out of the relegation zone would have been way bigger. I mean, yeah, it was a game we had to not lose, but, oh, so frustrating. So after the match, I asked on uh, EPR3 your reactions, and some of them, obviously, I won't be reading out because it's just uh, pure anger, obviously, which I can see. Still so frustrating from DK. Normal service resumes. There's one of them about every single week from Ollie Hoxford. But the uh, one that really summed it up, as we were saying, is a sadly predictable ending from Cronesy. Because it just is, we just kind of like, I was sat there and I was watching it and I was just <sighs> braced and ready and waiting for that goal. I mean, Bolton had 23 crosses in that match. And I think there's only two that actually found a Bolton player. There was one immediately after half time when he probably yeah. should have done better and possibly could have scored there. And the one when they did score from uh, Jack Hobbs, which is obviously his first goal in over five years. I mean, that is definitely the kind of thing that's happening to us. But overall, I felt it was I felt it was a positive display in many ways. Um, how did you think, Jonathan, of it? Positive or negative? Uh, oh, I think I'm going to sit on, the ne- sit on the fence and stay a bit in the middle, actually. Um, I wasn't that impressed, um, actually. Um, I know, obviously, with the three new players, a couple of other changes as well, um, it's obviously going to take time for them to to gel um, as a team and for the, for the new players to bed in. Um, I was expecting a bit more from Reading, I think, going forward, given the, the attacking players on display. Um, I mean, in truth, I don't think they really tested the, the Bolton keeper too much. Um, I know I think they had 16 shots um, overall, but uh, a lot of them were either kind of wide or straight at the keeper. And uh, as I say, I think with uh, with what was on display, they they needed to, to test Bolton more. And, and the fact, obviously, they didn't get um, the goal in open play either, I think it's a bit of a concern. Um, yeah, they were, all this nice play between both boxes, same old story, um, but, but couldn't quite, um, you know, factor that. Uh, do that little bit extra in, in their bo- in, uh, in Bolton's box and um, and see the game out late on. So, um, I mean, I think there were some encouraging displays. I thought uh, Martinez was a pretty good in goal. I think he was a bit shaky at the, at the beginning, but uh, didn't play too badly. 
Um, same with Matt uh, Miazza, Miazza or Miazga, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced. Um, but uh, apart from the one tackle where he flew in on the halfway line, I don't, don't know if you remember that, but um, it left Bolton with a kind of a three on two. Yeah. Um, that was kind of his only error, I think. But overall, I thought he was kind of pretty good on the ball and good in the air as well. And uh, Oliveira, I thought, uh, was, was pretty strong, was a good uh, sort of focal point up top, took his goal well. Um, obviously, the slight concern is that he's got this uh, possible injury, um, which could keep him out over the next kind of couple of weeks. But let's hope not. Um, I think uh, certainly, you know, a fit Oliveira will be a, a good asset for for Reading, and, and uh, um, you know, could be the difference for, for keeping them up really this season. Um, you know, a goal scorer, someone who can link up play, good in the air, strong with both feet, good uh, good uh, shot on him, and um, yeah, ho- hopefully he can keep up some uh, some form along with the other two as well. Yeah, I, I thought Nelson Oliveira was um, excellent throughout the whole game for all the reasons he just gave. I mean, when you look at him compared to the strikers we've had in the last 18 months or so, he looks a definite upgrade straight away. And considering that he hadn't played all season in competitive football, you've got to say that his attitude and fitness was exceptional, really. Obviously, I, <laughs> there is a worry He's got this injury that they say maybe to his abductor, which I'm not quite sure exactly where that is exactly. I'm not going to pretend that. <laughs> but um, it doesn't sound great. But that's the kind of injury that Ejaria had as well. And he wasn't out for too long. Hopefully he'll be back and OK on Saturday because he just got that lovely link-up play. And I think he's going to really... I mean, if you compare it to someone like a Bodvarsson, he's Bodvarsson, but better in every single department, I would say, but at least one yeah. grade. So, I mean, he's got the effort, yeah. Bod Varsen, but like I've always said, Bod Varsen is probably a third-choice striker. Is that kind yeah. of player that you play yeah. sometimes and bring him on. But for Oliveira, I thought he was really good. And if he plays against Aston Villa, I think we've got a chance in that match. But And the other two players, Martinez, I thought he was good. But um, yeah, he couldn't do anything about the goal at all. And the other one, who we're not quite sure, is it Miazza? Miazga? I'm not quite sure which one it is. I'm pronouncing it. It might be Miazza. I think it's, it's, it's not. Yeah, I think it's yeah, as well. Yeah. I listened to it deliberately on when he did his thing on his little announcement of himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that was a bit like Jordan Hugo when he signed for West Ham. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I for love the bubbles or something he did. <laughs> so, now, it was... It was um, it was promising in some ways, but one player I found frustrating was Mo Barrow. He didn't want to take anyone on during the whole game, and that was quite unlike him. Normally, he's a player he's always taking players on. It, it might not work, but what did you think of his display, Jonathan? Um, yeah, I mean, he had that one chance in the second half, of, I think, when he was through and goal and kind of tried to dink the keeper, but uh, didn't kind of uh, didn't get the shot off. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a, as uh, um, as good a, a sort of as strong an impact, I think, as he has as he had as has had in previous games. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he did kind of he did play a bit narrow. I thought he could have gone on the wing a bit more and, uh, like you said, try and take on take on players. Um, whether he was told to do that or whether he just chose to do that, um, you know, because we all know his end product is a bit uh, erratic at times. So um, whether maybe that was a conscious decision to kind of go in in field and and pass across the across the uh, box the other midfielders uh, as opposed to going and getting to the byline and putting in a cross which uh, might not necessarily end up anywhere. 
Um, it could be something to do with that. Um, obviously, there's the speculation that uh, he might go off as well. So whether that had anything to play, I don't know. Um, but uh, he's, I mean, like, like a lot of them, really, he's kind of these, one of these frustrating players who has, maybe has sort of one good game in three or four. Um, I'm afraid kind of, you know, a Luco, Swift, McCleary fall into that bracket, really. Um, none of them can get any sort of consistency. I didn't think um, Swift was was that good last night. Aluko uh, was okay, but nothing too special. Um, McCleary obviously came on and and, um, and won the penalty. Um, but overall, I think they really need to be. You know, they've got the players, they've got the talent. We all know what they've got. But uh, and Gomez really needs to unlock something out of them um, to get them going. Um, because um, you know they, they've got players who can play on the right, left, and midfield and um, attacking midfield um it's just kind of putting it all, putting it all together and that, that's something that they're really struggling with um you know going forward and and at the back as well yeah no I totally it's the consistency I mean the problem is they have been consistent but consistently poor that is the problem yeah. isn't it yeah it's kind of if they do have moments and you think if you could just do that for a prolonged period we'd be okay if Mo Barrow found the form that he had last season which wasn't seen yeah. anything wasn't amazing but 10 goals in nine assists, where well, we wouldn't be in this position, but for reasons that we, we don't know, I, I don't understand, that just hasn't happened. He obviously had the issues with Paul Clement, but then he came out in an interview with you, uh, Jonathan, said that actually he quite liked Paul Clement. He seems yes. to be, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's quite Funny interesting that, isn't it? how they say that when they're gone. <laughs> it's quite amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows where, where they, they might end up again there together? Who knows? But uh, yeah, it would um, be yeah, I think that. John uh, John Swift's miss uh, early on that oh, the oh. header, um, yeah. you know obviously um, who knows what an impact that would have had on the game. But uh, you'd probably like to think had he scored that, Reading may well have gone on to win comfortably. They, they may well not have, but um, uh, you know that 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 was that was really key. I think for for Reading last night that that miss. I don't know how he missed it. Um, no, I think it was quite far. The target no. completely which is in the centre of the goal, in the six-yard box. And to yeah. miss the target completely, with a completely free header. I know heading isn't his uh, strongest point, I could say, but that was quite amazing. I mean, that was Barry's one good moment, actually, because he was the person who put the cross in for him. Yeah. But to miss that, I mean, that kind of, I, personally, I felt that that moment affected John Swift for the rest of the game. And he seemed to be off his game for most of it. He always always seems to get out strength and takes too long on the ball. He's a frustrating player. He may obviously be having some competition at some point, as we hear the rumours of Adel Tarat, but we'll come on to that later. Um, so, yet again, we let in a late goal, which has completely stuffed the game for us, basically. We've had uh, Derby, we've had Brentford, we've had Rotherham. And now we've had Bolton. I mean, if those games, if we don't let in even two of those goals, we got four more points and we're okay out of the zone. We're not exactly safe, but we just can't see out a game. And you're saying about John Swift, which I agree, it could have changed it completely. But I, I think that if we would have scored that earlier, we would have sat back. It's just their mentality. We just don't know how to go on and push on in games. We seem to yeah. lack that confidence, which is uh, it's understandable, but it's so frustrating. It really is. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think um, I, I think I just tweeted a stat, something about um, I think seven points lost, um, having conceded late goals and only only getting two 
two points. I think um, one of them was the, the the Lake Stoke draw when they, they I think Barrow scored in the 90th minute or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean they just had to see the game out yesterday. I mean they they had a, they had a couple of chances. I think uh, not to pick on Loader, but I think he did have the ball and then he gave the ball away and then Bolton uh, attacked and they won the corner and, and that ultimately was uh, uh, was the equaliser. So you know. Who knows whether John Daddy Bodvarsson might have done a better job in that um, position? We don't know, but um, yeah, I mean it's just game management, really. The you know they had the one nil lead, um, bought on Tyler Blackett as well to try and um, solidify things at the back, but it just didn't work. No, Tyler Blackett seemed to make it worse. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. He, he came did, yeah. away a few yeah. straight away on the edge of the box that he didn't need to, and. No, I mean, you're, I think I agree with you about Danny Loder. He is a young player, so game management, he's not going to learn straight away. But he did do a couple of flicks in, at the Bolton end of the pitch, and you think, just go into the corner. just get Even if you give away a Bolton throw, it's okay. It's right down the other end of the pitch, but he's kind of, he's youthfulness, and he just kind of want to score a second goal. I understand. I'm not going to um, uh, castigate him. He's, he's only 18, no, no. so no. can't blame yeah. that thing on him. But just another um, agonising evening watching Reading, really. But who knows what is going to happen in the transfer market tomorrow. It's uh, another day of if, maybes, could be's, and probably at the end uh, should have been's. The big one that's incoming, possibly, we hear little rumours, and uh, Gomez uh, didn't seem to kill the story last night when you spoke to him, of uh, Adel Tarat. What did you think of his uh, possibility of him coming in, Jonathan? Um, I mean, I think it, you know it is it is a possibility. I think a lot of things need to happen before that. Um, obviously, Benfica needs to cancel his contract, which um, is obviously easier said than done. Um, and then it's a case of where he would fit in at Reading as well. Um, personally, I mean, I mean, I don't know his his precise position. I think he's more of a sort of a attacker who can kind of play. Across the, across the swift kind of role, wouldn't he? I think, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, in that place, you've you've got you know, Luco's come back, so you've got kind of three players vying for that one position. Um, so I don't think it's maybe necessarily for for the good of the team. I, I think he's a very good player to wrap. Um, obviously, he's got this bit of this reputation that um, can be a bit of a bad boy and a bit of a character. Um, do Reading need that? Um, there's probably an argument for it. Yeah, for someone to get stuck in a bit more and um, you know put their put their foot on the ball and uh, control proceedings a bit, um, perhaps a bit more than the likes of uh, Luco um, or Swift. Um, obviously, there's the Portuguese Portuguese connections as well, given the fact he's at Benfica and um, obviously with Gomez and um, Kia Jarebchen, um Seemingly having a, a a say on things as well, and um, you know, with with, uh, with the lorry going back to Portugal, they've got these connections here. So, um, so yeah, I guess it is a possibility. I don't I think it's far from a necessity. Um, I think with the current squads, um, they've got more than enough quality, more than enough options um, at Gomez's disposal. So, um, I'm sure they can fit another one in. Um, whether say whether he's, he's he can make an impact straight away which is what they need whether he can be uh fitting with the squad um whether he can get on with everyone as well is important uh, so i think there's a lot of risks to the move um and whether it actually happens uh as i say i i'm, I'm not 
going to stick my neck on the line, yes or no. But uh, I think, you know, there's a small possibility, but, um, you know, I don't think many people will be um, having too many sleepless nights if he, if he doesn't come. No, I, I won't be really. I mean, yeah, what I saw, um, uh, he played 22 matches last season for Genoa in Serie A. So people who say he isn't match fit and he can't do this and he hasn't played for a long time, that's not actually strictly true. He's actually no. played. If you play 22 games in the Serie A, you've got to say you're at a half decent level, which is probably the better than the standard where Reading are at this moment of time. So, and he didn't look unfit. I mean, I did the dreaded thing of looking on YouTube, which you obviously have to do. I was more interested in his physical shape, to be honest, to see if he looked match fit. And there was one video that showed his mistakes as well as his good bits. So that was a much better one to watch than the one that just shows him doing flicks, which are perfection. And uh, the ball then goes absolutely nowhere near the goal. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of, yeah. it looks okay. Obviously, yeah. he has a big career. He's been at QPR and scored plenty of goals there, 34 goals. Uh, he was also Milan, Benfica, he never played. Uh, he went down to Benfica B. Uh, but really, it just, yeah, it's a Keir Jaracham situation. I've tried to avoid mentioning his name on this podcast. But it's got to be behind that one. I find it unbelievable that he wouldn't be. Um, would he be better than what we've got? It's hard to say, isn't it, really? Because all the ones we've got were erratic as well. So Yeah. I mean, he's... He, I think I I, um, I remember kind of when he was at QPR and and a lot of people were saying, you know, how good he was. I mean, what, what a talented player he is. It's just, you know, getting him focused and, uh, you know, whether he can do it... Um, well, he doesn't have to do it at Bowen on a Tuesday night anymore, but um, we know whether he can do it at Norwich, I think, on a Wednesday night or Blackburn on a Wednesday night, um, as they've got coming up. So, um, you know, someone like Gomez might be the, the person you can get the best out of him. Um, you know, Gomez, although he comes across, you know, quite ruthless, I think, with some players, he, he does, he can charm them as well. And uh, hopefully he can, you know, Get the best out of Terraps, you know, even if it is just for on a short term basis. Um, you know, if he does well, he either gets a move to Reading permanently or, or perhaps uh, somewhere elsewhere. So it's in benefit, like Oliveira, really. Um, right. it's well, I guess, same with Miazza and uh, Martinez. I mean, all the line players really is it's, it's to their own good if they do. Um, you know, have a, have a successful loan spell at Reading, um, then uh, you know they might get rewarded in in the summer with uh, say either a move to Reading or or elsewhere. So um, it's a win win situation uh, for all concerned, uh, providing they um, you know they just they just turn up and show what they can do. Yeah, definitely. One that's also a strange one is Liam Kelly to Udinese. Now that one has really come from nowhere. I'm not sure how that one's linked up. Liam Kelly, um, he played, the strange thing is with Liam Kelly, he played really well in Manchester United, I thought. Um, yeah. Then we haven't seen him since at all. Um, what would you say is the chances of that happening, Jonathan? Small? small? Uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the word between small and strong? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, they, uh, I think, you know, that there there is genuine interest in him from them. Um, I say I think they had scouts at the United game as well. So, um, and I think um, it's a strange one to say, but I think I mean it's actually same with with quite a few of the Reading players. Um, their their style of play actually fits more perhaps in Serie A or the Premier League, where you've got a bit more time on the ball, and you've got that little extra split second to make a pass or. Um, get past your opponent or 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 
spot a pass or whatever. And um, that's that's where perhaps Kelly could fit in um, in Serie A. Um, I think you know if you if you told anyone that uh, six months ago that Liam Kelly is going to end up in Italy and playing against the likes of Inter, Roma, and Juventus, uh, you'd be absolutely mad. But um, you know that that's the most unlikely of moves. But it's uh, I think it is a possibility. Um, you know he's been told that he he doesn't have a future certainly for the next uh, six months or so at Reading. Um, so he's got to look elsewhere, and um, it's it's the finding club which which best suits him. And um, you know we've shown we've we've seen what he he can do. Certainly in his first season at Reading, he was uh, exceptional. And um, you know playing Bath City one month and a couple of months later being in, in Championship at Reading, being at the top of the Championship as well. So um, he does have that talent, like with a lot of the players, just consistency. Um, he's only you know say very very talented player Yepstam rated him very highly um so I think you know but you know Gomez for whatever reason doesn't doesn't fancy him um you know whether whether there is a bit of an attitude problem I'm not sure but um it's been mooted you know by a few fans and perhaps that that might be playing a part of it but uh, I can't see him fitting in the the Reading team anytime soon um and say and he won't be so um, he's got to try his luck elsewhere, and um, I say he's got this Udinese offer on the table, and um, I think I think he probably will be off um, somewhere tomorrow. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, no, even if it's not Udinese, it will be somewhere. I think so because he needs to be playing. He's at that age. Mo Barrow to Hull as well, which came out last night from yourself. Um, I wouldn't want to lose Mo Barrow, despite the fact we've all. I've just said that he's erratic. He's still better than what we've got. Um, do you think the club are going to hold on to him or do you think they're going to let him go? Um, I mean, I think, you know, is he, is he replaceable? I think yes. Um, does he have something which a lot of players don't have? Uh, yes. And that's pace. And I think that that's important. Um, but I guess it's what you do with that pace. And, and we've seen over the last year and a half or so, you know, he does have his, uh, his strong points, but, he does have his weaknesses as well. And, you know, has he developed in a way which we hoped he would? Probably not. I don't think he's, he's I think he's probably got a bit more in his locker and, and he hasn't really shown it. Um, whether he will go or not. Um, again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, to be honest. I think, you know, I think the, the interest to get, say, is, is genuine in him. Um, but I think Reading are basically, don't really want to loan him out. They, should, I, they, I think they want something like three million for him. Um, so if a club come, comes up with that, then uh, I think that they will look to sell. Um, because I think you know, I guess McLeary can can play out there. Possibly a Luca on the wing. Um, who else can play left wing? There's a couple of other players I think who, who possibly could. Yeah, maybe um, Harry, even if he was fit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Harry, Harry is back. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course, he's probably the main one. Um, yeah, even Loder can play in that position. Uh, so I don't think he would be the biggest yeah. miss. Mate's yeah. here as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, if, you know, he is, he is happy at Reading. He is um, settled at the club. He's obviously got a, He's got a new uh, new child as well in the in the last couple of months or so. So you know his family is settled here. Um, he likes Jose Gomez. He likes the style of football. 
Um, but I think like any any player, he you know he's he's always open to to offers and interested in seeing what other clubs offer him. Um, and given Reading State, uh, you know, seemingly you know well they are in very much in a relegation battle. Um, and even if he's given a chance to to you know advance his career at a club which is um, you know going in the other direction, then uh, you know why wouldn't you consider it? And um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he will do, and um, and it, yeah, I think it c- could go could go quite late in the window. This one, um, and whether he is a Reading player, we'll, we'll have to see. But as I say, I don't think it'll be the biggest miss if he does go. No, I don't think it will. I like you saying, I I think he is replaceable. Uh, it's just a matter of whether we will replace him with a permanent signing because that's what we need, isn't it? Because we can't keep getting any more loans. That would be a disastrous situation. Another one that's been rumbling on as well is a Tyler Blackett one. So Nottingham Forest have also shown some interest apparently in him. He definitely seems to be out the window a little bit with Gomez, like Kelly. I mean, he only came on last night, but that was almost as a last result that he was on the bench. Um, yeah, I can see why I can see why he'd want to leave. To be honest, if he's not going to play yeah. and getting a chance to go in somewhere like Nottingham Forest, possibly you'd say, or even Wigan, maybe it's a little bit further up the league, isn't it? So. You you take that? Do you think that might one might one be going happening tomorrow then? Yeah, I mean, um, Wigan signed Danny Fox, I think, from Forest, so that possibly might be them them done in in their um, hunt for Blackett. Um, so I think think Forest, uh, yeah, are are interested in Blackett. Um, I mean, he's clearly he's not first choice at the moment. Um, you know, Omar Richards when fit, I think he, he should be back on on Saturday. Um, I think he's got his critics, but I do like Omar Richards. I think he's he's, he's more than capable at left back. Um, obviously, you've got John Peter coming back, um, hopefully um, for next season, and, and you've got Gunter and uh, Yeardom who can also play at left back. So um, you know, like Barrow, I don't think Blackett would be the biggest loss. Um, he's got the versatility to to play at centre back and got height as well, which Reading don't really have much of, um, you know, overall in the team. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if if the right offer from Forrest comes along, then uh, I'm sure he'd certainly consider it. And um, Gomez is probably, probably happy to, to take it. Um, you know, I don't, don't see why he wouldn't say he's not going to be uh, a first choice um, unless, you know, there's a dramatic... Um, uh, injury crisis at Hogwood tomorrow. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think he might as well sort of cash in on him. I think he, you know he's he's served Reading well. He's had his good good games, but also had his fair share of poor games. And uh, um, you know I think it's time to, time to freshen the squad up. Um, he's done. Gomez has done that um, a lot already, but uh, there's still plenty of work to do. And um, yeah, I think if, if he does go, then uh, you know wish him well. Um, but uh, you know Reading will cope without him. Yeah, definitely. I quite like Tyler Blackett. I think he's had his best season in the club in some ways. You can't play him as a left-back before this season, but he's been okay there. But his best position is in a three in the centre-half. That was definitely his best position under Yapsan when he played in that place because he just needs that little bit of comfort next to him. And if he's got that, he's a different player. But if you leave him stranded at centre-back, he's not good in that position, really. And, you know, that's fine. He, he's a 100% player, though. I don't strike me as a player with an attitude problem at all from what I see on the pitch. And that's all I can no. do. So no. we've also got the three M's, which are uh, Manoni, McNulty and Mailer. Now, 
the club obviously clearly really want to get rid of these three players. Yeah. But the sad thing is that we need to find a buyer for someone who wants to loan them. Um, there doesn't seem to be any real interest in any of them that I've seen for any of them. There's been public. Obviously, something could come out right. I could stop this podcast and they've all gone. But um, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, any whispers at all, Jonathan, about any of them leaving? Um, I mean, out of the three, I think, well, I think McNulty is the, the most likely to go. I think I think the, the, the Hibs interest is, as I say, is, is genuine and it's just whether... I think they've got a few do, a few um, issues with Neil Lennon today. I think yeah. so. Whether that will affect things, I don't know. Mm. Um, surprise, surprise, Neil Lennon. Shock, <laughs> um, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I mean, I think uh, you know all, all three have been been told to go, so they will want to go. Um, I don't know how genuine the Sunderland interest is or was. I think you know they they certainly wanted Will Grigg. I don't know. Did they get Will Grigg in the end or? I'm not sure. I just saw when I started doing this podcast, it said they'd agreed a fee with an unnamed striker. But right, okay. That's as much as I know. <laughs> so it could be. Yeah. yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of Milo and Manone, I mean, you'd think Manone might want to go back to Italy, but uh, it's been, from what I've heard, there's been no interest, I'm afraid. Uh, I feel a bit sorry for him. I think, yeah, he's saying he can still do a job at, so he's still a good age, he can do a good do a good job somewhere. Likewise with Myler, um, you know, still a, an island international, had his injury issues, but uh, can certainly do, do, a, do a job, um, you know, possibly at League One level, but uh, maybe Championship as well. Um, but yeah, it's all quiet. So um, whether they will go or not, um, you know, there's usually kind of one, one perhaps two surprise deals on, uh, late on. So I expect, you know, who knows, you might see Myler rock up at... Uh, Roma or, or who knows um, yeah, that would be nice if that one just happens Jonathan the secret's out <laughs> yeah I don't know why I chose Roma but um, yeah I think you know you know evidently all, all three are completely out of favour and won't play for Reading again so no. it's, the, it's, it's best for their careers best for Reading and, and best for another club if they can take them um, you know I think, yeah, a lot of these things are all it's it's all a bit of a chain effect, isn't it? So when a few moves go through, then that will hopefully speed things up and uh, and get them going. Yeah, one I talk about the goalies now. Jacola not even on the bench last night, so he's gone from first possess to out. I mean, is he injured or is he dropped out completely? Because that seems incredibly harsh to me. I mean, yes, Stan Walker's yeah. done nothing to have second place, in my opinion, above Jacola. Yeah, um, unfortunately, there was a lot of players I wanted to ask Gomez uh, about afterwards, but because it was absolutely biting cold, and we kept him about ten minutes on the sidelines anyway. Afterwards, um, I didn't get around to asking. Um, we've got a chat with him tomorrow, so hopefully, I can get something from him then. Um, you know, whether he's injured, I don't know. I'm not, not aware of any injury. Um, obviously, Walker's Walker's back up, um, so I don't know whether they might have had an offer for Yakolo. Who knows? But. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, you know, certainly maybe even two might go tomorrow in Minone and possibly mm. Walker or Yakula. Um, you know, they've, yeah. I think you need three senior goalkeepers. If the worst comes to the worst, you can recall someone like Southwood or or Leg um, or um, Lewis Ward as well. So I think, you know, they've, they've got more than adequate cover at uh, goalkeeping. 
Yeah, the good thing is that all of these players that we're talking about that are leaving or we're desperate to get out of the club are from the magnificent Ron Gourlay contract era of just yeah. getting out of contracts. The people he just met, he would just go to a social event, would you like a three-year contract? And they go, oh, yes, we would like that. He's quite an amazing man. And the impact of him will just keep going on and on. But I want to stop on him because, yeah, I could do a two-hour podcast on him. Coming up on Saturday... Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, I'd, I'd love to meet him. But I mean, I'm sure you would have loved to meet him a lot more as well. But um, he's a kind of, yeah, wow. He just, no, he does something to me. Um, Aston Villa on uh, Saturday. And that is going to be another tough uh, match. They're in 10th position, only four points off the playoffs. They've obviously got Tammy Abraham. I think now he's got 18 goals. Um, he's a huge threat, huge threat. Um Last season, we beat them 2-1. Um, Glenn Whelan own goal and a Mo Barrow goal. And that was right at the beginning of the season. And that was when we all thought that Yapstam might be making us into an even better team. Since then, we're now on our third manager. <laughs> it's kind of, oh, yeah. Because obviously, if you include Scott Marshall, it's quite incredible how um, in that short period of time. But how do you think it's going to go on Saturday, Jonathan? Um, I think from a Reading perspective, I mean, I'm I'm certainly not expecting anything from Reading. I think, uh, well, I'm expecting them to be beaten, basically. Um, so I'm not going into it. I mean, like Bolton last night, I you know, I, I hoped they, they would have won it, but, you know, at least got a draw. Um, Villa, um, you know, obviously doing very well. I don't think they will be kind of as... Uh, as in your face as Bolton, you know, that, you know Bolton didn't play too bad. Didn't play too badly um, overall. I, it's, it's you know like Millwall, you can kind of tarnish them all with the same brush about you know just kind of long balls and, and in your faces and tackles and stuff. Um, you know, I think, I think Villa won't do that as much, which might play actually into Reading's hands because it will like say allow them a bit more time on the ball um, and allow sort of the creative players to flourish. Um, like you know, like with a lot of games this season, it's all down to the first goal. I think if you know if Reading can, can get on the front for early and, and get a goal, then uh, you know they've got half a chance. If they if they keep it nil nil to half time, they still got a chance. If they concede early, then then, then that's probably it. So, um, but as I say, uh, you know these are not the games that are going to keep them up. Um, it's more about sort of the games against Rotherham and Ipswich and, and Wigan. So. That's what you've got to focus your all your efforts on. As I say, I'm not expecting anything from, from Reading, expecting Villa to win. So um, anything more than that will be a bonus. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, that they'll surprise me and probably most most Reading fans. I think it's just seen it's going to be a, a um, the highest crowd of the season at the Medeski, which is yeah, I don't know how many that's yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, there can't be many, can there, at all this season? No. We've had really, uh, understandably, we've had poor crowds because we've been absolutely rubbish and uh, we yeah. don't deserve uh, huge crowds at the moment. But um, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see a crowd there. And uh, hopefully, we don't make uh, an absolutely abysmal start, which we've done against so many teams. It's not, I could go run through them all, but. The most recent one is Swansea, when the game was dead yeah. almost in the first yeah. couple of minutes. And we just yeah. can't do that. If you get into the game, the crowd will get behind the team. You see, they're so keen to get behind them. In the Forest game, all it took was a bit of effort, and yeah. a bit of consistency. Yeah. We didn't play incredible football during that match. Obviously, we won. But yeah. we just showed some passion and got into basic tackles. We're down to that level when we just need to be doing that. 
And if you do that, you'll get the crowd on side. The players are always moaning about the kind of crowd slightly and making remarks about it. But blimey, I mean, we're not the toughest crowd, which I say every week, I think now. <laughs> so kind of like, but yeah, I think, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have to say, I think we're going to lose. Um, I really hope we don't lose. And I hope I'm totally wrong, both of us, I'm sure. But yeah, I think we're going to lose 3-1. That's that's my feeling uh, probably on Saturday. Um, the only positive we could possibly take out of that is if Rotherham lose at Millwall. Now, we're asking for a Millwall win, which feels a little bit wrong, but kind yeah. of if Millwall win that game, it kind of, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're down to one team that we're chasing, which is not good in any scenario, but that's where we are. So thanks a lot for listening. Um, if you do want to have a bet, obviously do it with our partners, uh, Fans Bet. There'll be uh, some uh, bets coming up for that. I will be doing a uh, pre-match podcast, uh, not podcast, Periscope. Oh, it's so near the end as well. And I will be uh, doing one uh, after the match as well. So uh, cheers. Thanks a lot.